for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Listeners, we're going to be doing a series of podcasts where we interview top MLOs to hear what is working for them in today's market. Today, our guest is Garrett Locklear, a good friend, a client, and truly one of the top MLOs in the industry. Garrett, so good to have you here, friend. Appreciate you being joining us on the podcast. I appreciate being here as well. This is my second time. Yeah, second time. Yeah, this year of repeat offender. <laughs> well, there's so much good information. We talked about Canada. We're going to get into that some of it. But today's focus is really what is making you successful as an MLO mortgage loan officer. And I really want to start with a little bit of your history. I know we did this in the last podcast. We'll put a link to it. But a little bit about yourself, if you would tell our audience so they can get a chance to get to know you just a bit. Then they'll go back and listen to the other rest of the podcast, another podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm originally from North Carolina, was born in Wilmington, raised in Raleigh. And I came to Nashville about 10 or 15 years ago now, chasing music. So I'm a musician. I play a bunch of different instruments, had uh, a lot of fun doing that in Nashville. But I found out it doesn't pay the bills. And just by happenstance, about 10 years ago, maybe 11, I found myself in the mortgage industry at an entry level type position and saw all of the potential that the mortgage industry had to offer and really just ran with it. And since then, the last 10 years, have worked my way up originating mortgages and now run a, a team that supports my personal origination. And I think about six months ago, maybe a year, crossed the 1 billion mark as far as wow. lifetime fundings. That's significant. I want to go back to the music thing because for a minute, Nashville is known for this music. So is Austin where we're located. But did you have any hits? There, there's a little bit more to that. You're a songwriter as well as a performer. So come on, give us a little bit more in that area because I don't think we touched on that in the last interview. We didn't. And I don't do name dropping, but I got to work with some really cool people. I got to play on some albums. I got to play some live shows. I got into it enough to really get a good taste of what it meant to do the music and industry thing, but didn't like the paychecks that were coming in, which were basically nothing, <laughs> but really enjoyed playing music. Yeah. It's the love for music. I had that same thing. I'll never forget my yeah. dad aside one time. He says, son, you're good at music. You got a great voice, but you know what? You're not that good when it comes to really good. You're not. <laughs> Tough good. So yeah. yeah so a, guy, actually, a guy who actually won song of the year, he has a Grammy for it. He told me once you can do one of two things. You can be a musician or you can grow up, but you can't do both. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> You've grown up in the mortgage industry and you're doing outrageously well. You definitely have grown up well in the mortgage industry. And as one of the nation's top mortgage loan originators, how have you adapted your strategies to navigate the current market challenges that we're facing today? Yeah, it's a good question. If you roll back the clock a couple of years, the general strategy of all loan originators was to, to hold their hand out the window of the car and collect $100 <laughs> bills. It was that easy. So easy. easy. Yeah. And what happens in that mentality, if you give it enough time and two years is certainly enough time that you lose what got you there in the first place, you lose all the fundamentals 
and forget that it is a job and it takes uh, hard work. And as the post-COVID rush to originate mortgages was coming to an end, we really pivoted and we had to open up our minimum loan amounts, what products we carried to bring in clients that traditionally we wouldn't have thought would be a good fit for our team. And that was step one. But step two is really to get back to the basics. I thought about the early days of the referral-based business, bringing in mortgage origination from mainly just realtors. What was I doing? Making phone calls, staying in front of them. But we decided, hey, how do we do that, but in a way that scales? And a couple of things that, that we implemented pretty quickly was a very strict, rigid process every time we interact with a listing agent on a deal. That could be a potential referral. And then we gamified it for our team to see who could get the best end result the most of the time. We built a team that we call it a business development team. When you think of business development in our space, you think about business development for originator, but our business development team actually helps our referral partners develop their business. And year to date, one of the values that they add is they'll call leads for our referral partners. They made 60,000 calls year to date for our referral partners. Say that again. Your team made 60,000 calls and your referral partners, of course, are your realtors. I'm assuming when you're saying referral yeah. partners. Yeah. The, so it's, went out it's, a fantastic, it's a fantastic door opener. You can go to a mega team. Doesn't matter even in what city they're located, but you can go to a mega team, all of which have multiple lead sources that they're working. Right. And you can say, hey, I'll help you double your efforts as far as reaching out to these leads. We'll call, we'll qualify, and we'll live transfer them to you. And that opens up a ton of conversations. If you think about telling a realtor that, they look at you sideways because the realtor's never really looked at a lender and in a way that that where the lender prov provides that type of value. They're like, wow, yeah. what? You'll do what? Like, how much does that cost? Nothing. If you send me the leads for free, we'll provide that service. And it's an exchange of value. I'm getting something of value. You're giving something of value. That's outstanding. Well, you're not, I'm doing the math in my head, 60,000 yeah. calls. You've got to be using some technology in order to be able to do that in scale. Yeah, it's a tremendous amount of, of volume as far as leads coming in. The cool thing is, I think we pay for about 10% of that. The 90% of those leads that are coming, we don't pay for at all. Because that's the exchange of value. We're offering to work the leads for the people who are buying them and qualify them for them and live transfer, schedule appointments for them. So that's opened up a ton of doors as far as being able to work with new referral partners. But the whole idea to zoom back out is what can we do to bring even more value than we did before in this competitive marketplace where loan originators are all calling the same referral sources and asking the same questions and saying, hey, I could really use your business. Uh, and then we also expanded from really, I think about 98% of our business came from either past clients or realtors, but we've okay. expanded now to include financial planners and CPAs. And we're leveraging automation to be able to stay in front of all of these people. There's about 6,000 now in this bucket as far as potential referral sources. But we're leveraging automation to stay in front of all of them consistently to make sure that when their clients do need a lender, we're top of mind. 
example, I saw this stat the other day. Uh, I think it came from Fidelity, which is a big investment firm. So think mm -hmm. uh, financial planners. The number of 401k withdrawals is up 300% year to date. Wow. Yeah. And so think about mm -hmm. the conversation you can have with a financial planner around the idea of, hey, instead of your clients removing capital that you invested for them, which obviously hits their bottom line as well, why don't we get in front of them, have a conversation about what it may look like to tap into this tremendous amount of equity that any homeowner in the United States is sitting on right now. That is such a good value. Point. I want to get to the technology in a minute, but really I want to double down a little bit more on the thing I've been talking about is it's so important to have a mindset that is a successful mindset that we're just, whatever we have to do, we're going to go succeed. And I'm going to get a little bit more insights into your mindset. And then the skill set is using the tools or creating tools. In your case, you've created a tool. Again, want to get into that. And it's allowed you to leverage, increase, multiply your activities. Let's go back to your mindset. When you saw this market take the dive that it did, it's off by some projections and some estimates as much as 70% for people. It's not off by that much for you. What was the mindset as you saw this market doing? What was going on in your head as you lay there awake at night going, how am I going to succeed in this market? What was going on in the mind and mindset of Garrett Locklear? There's really two things. It goes back to the same type of approach that every loan originator, successful loan originator has from day one. I started out cold calling internet leads and I think that's a good important point part. That's such yeah. an important point. Yeah. Yeah. And there's really not a much any change from that mentality than there is today. You find a way to be successful no matter what the challenge is in front of you. There's all there's going to be different challenges tomorrow and the next day and the next month and week as well. And so you're going to have to pivot and you're going to have to find a different way to be successful. But you're always staying focused on the goals. And how to get to that goal might change a little bit, but the mentality of overcoming whatever obstacle is that you're sitting in front of shouldn't change. And then the second thing is, and I think this is important too for loan originators, when the market dives, especially how it has in the past couple of years, 70%, I think you said, you've got to get out of your own shoes and put someone else's shoes on. And what I mean by that is it's the first natural intuitive thought to have is about yourself. But think about that 70% dive also means that all of your referral partners, all of the realtors are experiencing that as well. And most referral partners don't have a massive team and can pivot and try a bunch of different things to level out their volume. That 70% dive is a 70% dive in their income and sometimes even worse. And so the tendency, I think, for a loan originator is to call a referral partner or the loan originator to think, what am I doing wrong? Or, hey, that referral partner is no longer using me. And it takes that relationship and makes it a bit toxic. But really what's happening is the referral partner doesn't have any business to send. They love you. They just don't have anything to send to you. And so rather than approach that with, hey, are you cheating on me? Approach it with, hey, things are really rough out there. What are you experiencing? And it gives you a great opportunity, even in the worst of environments, to continue to build that relationship. If that relationship makes it through a 70% drop in volume, you're golden for the next three decades. Yeah, exactly. When you're really helping them, what did Zig Ziglar say? How to be successful is help someone else achieve their goals yep. and objectives. Yeah, and that, exactly. That's principle. where the business development team comes in. That's where all these efforts, we started doing classes. Hey, we want to find creative ways that you probably never even heard of a lender doing for you before to try and help you be successful. And 
that might look like one extra transaction a year. And it takes a whole lot of work to get that because things are that challenging. But when the market turns, that could look like 10 extra transactions a year, 30 extra transactions a year. But we helped you get through the hard times. And now we have a rock solid relationship when we're in the good times. Yeah. As you're looking forward to 2024, how are you staying at the forefront of trends to keep your competitive edge? Really two things. One, don't forget where you came from. So it will always be about relationships. But what is constantly evolving and changing is the technology landscape. I feel like every morning when I wake up, there's five new widgets that are being thrown at us. And that takes a lot of discernment, but always have the foundation in place of, hey, this is a relationship business. And then as we're looking to pivot and gain market share and stay ahead of the curve, have discernment to know which one of these technology offerings, which one of these methods is a great fit for what we're already doing and can help us be more efficient at it, can help us scale it and really take a deep dive to figure out, is this worth the sales line that's being thrown at me or is this simply another widget that's going to distract us from that core idea of relationships? It's such a good point. As a result of the technology, which we're going to get into again in a minute, you work with a lot of different loan originators with other companies who are signing up and using your technology that you've created. And I love some of the stories that you and I have talked about here about others succeeding. There was one that you talked about the other day about someone who is just crushing it. Their volume is actually up 300%. Is that the number you were share quoting me? I'm going, did I, did I hear That's that? Right. That's right. That's right. Loan originator out of Virginia, and it caught my eye because I'm not up 300%, David. <laughs> you're up, but you're not up 300%, yeah. And it caught my eye, and I thought, my goodness, what's going on here? I think there's something wrong. And so I looked into it, and sure enough, year over year, her volume is up 300% from last year. And one of her competitive advantages is she didn't start originating loans until a few years ago. She didn't come off of this massive high. She started in that environment. So I think that helped her get started a little faster. But she's uh, tremendously in the last couple of years in one of the toughest environments. And that really got me curious. So uh, I asked a really basic question, what are you doing? And sure enough, I was waiting to hear something magical. Maybe she had stumbled across some new sales funnel widget on the internet that no one else had seen yet. And she said, I'm building relationships and I'm doing a lot of classes. It's the basic <laughs> stuff that we've been doing 50 years. I was disappointed, honestly, but she's got the right mentality. She's working yeah. her tail off. She's doing the basics, but she also has the backbone and the platform behind her to allow her to go and increase her volume by 300%. If she didn't have all of those components, it wouldn't be the same story. Yeah, which is really starting to get into the competitive edge. And then as we face a brutal mortgage market, how do you feel relationships have played a key role in your success? You have developed some really good relationships. Talk about some of those key roles, relationships that you have had. Yeah, the relationships are, are the foundation. You don't have a solid foundation that's built on relationships, then you'll experience these lows even heavier because a relationship is what you're hit with when everything else is, is stripped away. The idea, like I was explaining earlier, when the bad times come, what's the reaction? Are you going to these relationships and saying, hey, it's rough out there. I found a, a few more ways I'm trying to provide you with value. I found a few more ways I want to try and help you put more transactions in your pipeline so that you can pay your bills. Some of our referral partners, if they don't close one transaction in a particular month, 
they don't make rent. They don't make their mortgage payments. It's that tough out there. So you can imagine the amount of stress that people are going through. You can abandon that or you can lean into it. And it's uncomfortable to lean into it. It's vulnerable. Going with someone through a rough time is vulnerable, but helping them through it, helping them come out of it and doing it in a way where they're better on the back end and the front is what great relationships are built on. And if you are able to successfully help people navigate tough times, we're in a very cyclical business. We know that tough times are preceded by good times. And if you're able to help them through the tough times, then when the successful times, the more successful times come along, that relationship, which is the foundation of what you built, is solid and it allows you to scale even more. Are you having success establishing new relationships with realtors that are doing really well? There are some out there like this one gal who is an MLO that is just working her butt off and doing the basics. Are there realtors out there that you're finding that are doing okay and doing fairly well? It's the same in the loan origination space. Everyone's still comparing their volume and, and their business to two years ago. It's not uh, fair, but that's just the reality. We're all comparing it to the best two years we've seen ever. And if you ask real estate partners or loan originators like, hey, are you doing really well? The general reaction is, eh, we're okay. Everyone's down, but there are newer real estate agents who are coming out of this and just like loan originators and doing lots of, of volume compared with the previous year. And those are the real estate agents and referral partners that we want to stay in front of and are, are trying to, and the key to taking more market share. We are having a lot of success with approaching mega teams, 50, 100, 200 million dollar a year teams by offering services like the business development team and classes. And we're able to scale that by taking the people on our team, almost treating them as account executives. So mm -hmm. it's, hey, here's Pulte Homes in Nashville, Middle Tennessee area. That's an account. I'm going to put you in charge of that account. Here's another account. I'm going to put you in charge of that account. And so we're treating and we're able to scale these accounts, which I put in quotes, by assigning sort of account executives, nothing more than a, a junior loan officer, really. But we're able to handle 10, 12, 50 accounts by assigning account executives to each one, rather than me personally and trying to go out there and stay in front of everyone at once. Which goes to the Locklear team. I would like yeah. to have you, the development of your team. Let's get in a little bit about that before we go to your technology that you've been using. What's your philosophy of developing a team? How do you go about that? What little secret sauce? Do you have any secret sauce in there? I think the key is finding the right people. How do you identify oh, the yes. right person that fits? I think yeah. that's the biggest challenge. If everyone says, I want to build a team, I want to build a team, but then they find yeah. people, that one didn't work out, that one didn't work out. Yeah. How do you yeah. select your team? We've had a lot of success with it. Our, I think the longest tenor on our team is seven years. And I think the shortest is about two years. We really don't have much turnover. And so important first step of that is finding the right person. We've had almost exclusive, this is crazy to say, but we've had almost exclusive success with finding great people on LinkedIn. We tried yeah. Indeed, we tried ZipRecruiter, tried all these paid for services. And LinkedIn is, is so great at, at being able to filter out and look for great people. It's been really easy too the last few years as the industry has shrunk and a lot of great people with good talent are looking for work. So that's certainly helped as well. But yeah, you've got to hire great people. We look at personality. We look at just overall fit to the team. And when we find great people, bring them on board. And then, and this isn't my idea, I think it was maybe like Steve Jobs or something, but the idea of you want to bring people on board, you want to train them to be the absolute best at what they can be. 
so much so that at any point they could leave and do it themselves really well. But you also want to treat them so well that they never do want to leave. And so we really try and hold both of those pretty close. We have a, a team vibe guide we spent weeks building, and that's a vibe vibe guide. Listen, it's the oh, modern like version that. of a handbook. Okay, okay. <laughs> we don't guide. say handbook. That's boring. This is a vibe guide. Okay, good. Okay, but yeah, we spent weeks. Hey, what are we about? And one of the things we discovered is we love autonomy, and we mean it. So when we hire someone, there's no micromanaging. Everyone is an adult. They get to do the job that they can. And it's pretty obvious within the first six months if that person is a great fit. And of course, everyone is accountable, but we have great ways to measure it. We gamify a lot of things and we try and, and have a good time around it. Yeah, I love talking about gamification. Give us some examples of what you're doing to gamify it. Is it setting up contests, internal contests, that type of thing? Or is it another approach? The gamification. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of like fun contests with our business development team. That's the team that has made 60,000 calls, the contact rate, the conversion rate, how many appointments have you scheduled rate? They love that. They love competing against each other. And, and then we do team meetings. We do one-on-one to coach. We're, we're constantly listening to phone calls and giving advice. We're supporting all of the team as well to try and, and make them really good at what they do and, and actually make them more competitive against each other. We have a process in place for questions we ask listing agents and very basic questions. People always ask me, like, what's your script? We literally ask the listing agent, if we do a good job, Will you commit to sending us your next client? That's the script. <laughs> That's the script. <laughs> and we gamify it. If they say yes, it goes into a bucket. We have charts that are drawn from that and analytics. And we look at how many times people say yes versus no. And, and we gamify that as well. So we try and I mean, a lot of this stuff is pretty boring. So let's put some creativity behind it and make it exciting and have some competitions to make people enjoy what they're doing. Yeah. One of the things that I love that you've done is you are creative. You're an artist. You've written songs, but you've converted that creativity into creating technology. And it's such a hot topic right now. So let's talk about Candid, which, by the way, is the first podcast you and I did together about this. I want to share people, but I think they need to get to know the man behind it. They get to know the originator behind it, some of your philosophy. And that's really what I wanted to share in this podcast is this. But you can't ignore the technology that you're employing, that you've developed. What started that and how has that evolved over this journey? Yeah, what started it was I was angry. That <laughs> I was angry because... I was in a call center and I knew that sort of had run its course. I was a couple of years into it. At Some days I made 200 phone calls a day. I was just, just making an absurd amount of calls. But then I heard about these guys who weren't making phone calls to originate mortgages. People were calling them and I was like mind blown. And so I made the jump from having tons of leads handed to me to going out and finding my own. And I went from zero to 18 million, I think in a year doing that. And I was running it all on an Excel or a Google sheet spreadsheet and and Rocket Mortgage was the big behemoth at the time. And someone made the point that they weren't running their business on a spreadsheet. Like they had an entire system that they had built. And I thought that makes sense to me. So I went out and tried to find it. it took six months to realize that the bar that I'd set for what I needed wasn't being met. And so I was a little angry that I spent six months to discover that. And I thought, heck, I'll just build it myself. I have a techie angle to me as well, all the way back to playing on my dad's computer. He had MS-DOS, if you remember what that was. Oh, sure do. 
<laughs> I have one of those Emoto's gold microscopes. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, so it's here that with the two discs that run it. So I still yeah, have it. I've always been in an odd way, like very connected with technology. And it's taken four or five years at this point. But over time and very selfishly, we built a platform that is strictly from the position of a loan originator. What do we need every day of every hour to succeed? And that about two years into it, I, all I was doing is going the rocket mortgage approach. I was building a system for myself. But about two years into it, a loan originator came up to me. It was actually the top loan originator, the company I was working for that we had recently passed as far as volume goes. So she came up to me, we were friends, but she said, I don't know what you're doing, but I'll pay you for it. And, and that's when a light bulb went off that, hey, the platform that we were on was so successful. Other people were knew about it and they would actually invest in it with us to continue to build it. And she was the first user of Candid, still is on the platform to this day. And since then, we pivoted from building a platform for ourselves to building a platform for all loan originators and brokers to be able to share in the same success that we've had. What is the differentiating factor that Candid has over other systems? You said you got angry because you couldn't find anything that really met your need. This is designed by a top loan originator yourself. What did you find missing and what did you build here that is so unique that's drawing others? And I want to tell a story somewhere in here because you have loan officers that work at other mortgage companies where they're being provided some of the best systems out there and the mortgage company, their marketing department selects it and they're exiting. They said, I don't want to use it. I appreciate yeah. this. I got to go to Candid. What yeah. is it that you're doing that's making this difference? Yeah, it's a good question. It's, it's really what the six months of my research told me. And I looked at every system, a lot of the same systems that are out in the mortgage industry today. I looked at systems outside of the mortgage industry. But what I found was that I think all of them that I looked at were built by technologists who may have had some origination experience in the past, but most didn't. And uh, originating a mortgage, if you're a loan originator, to be able to feel the frustrations on a daily basis and then build a system from that, it just hadn't been done yet. But that's what we did. Every time we had a frustration, every time it's the weekend, a realtor's calling me, she needs me to update three digits on a PDF. Like, why am I doing this? Let's empower them to do that. But that's a frustration. And being able to build from those frustrations and then multiply that by time has really created something really special where, like you said, loan originators are saying, you know what? I don't want this free thing because it doesn't work. Or no, I don't want this cheap thing because it doesn't work. Instead, I'm going to actually pay more Out of money. their own pocket. Out of my own pocket for, for a platform and a system that does work because this is what I need to survive and to thrive. That's such a great testimony when you have people that they are being provided by their company, a system, and they're saying it's not meeting my needs and yeah. I, I'm going to pay out of my own pocket. What's yeah, And the, the reality is something that I've realized over time is a lot of the systems that companies provided, the system was brought on, the decision was made by a non-loan originator mm -hmm. and the system was sold to maybe the marketing department, maybe the compliance department, but the loan originator oftentimes wasn't at the decision table. And if they were, their voice obviously wasn't being listened to, but the system was bought by the company and then tried to sell it to the loan originator. And that's when you see your two to 7% adoption rates. And you think the system's only $50 a month per user. 
for a thousand users, but if only three of those a thousand users are using it, the system's actually fifteen hundred dollars a month per user. The the cost skyrockets when the adoption rate plummets, and right. so that's a very common problem that we see quite a lot with mortgage companies. We've got all the bells and whistles, no one's using it. We don't know why. That's a big one. What are the features that are in the candid system? that is causing loan officers to come over and pay for it out of their pocket. Can you give us the top five things? Yeah, good question. Think of Candid as an ecosystem. I talk a lot about in the early 2000s, if you wanted to take a picture, the most popular camera at the time was a Kodak camera. If you wanted to make a phone call, the most popular phone was a Motorola Razor. I had a red one, so I know this. It was a very cool phone. If you wanted to get somewhere, you asked a friend or had a paper map. And if you wanted to listen to music, there was this cutting edge new technology that could hold up to 1,000 songs called an iPod. Remember that? <laughs> and then what seems like the most obvious thing to do, looking back, in 2007, a guy walks on stage in California and he makes like this transformative announcement and he basically said, it's Steve Jobs, yeah. it doesn't really make sense to have all of these devices. Yeah, some of them integrated with, with each other. Some of them didn't. But it makes no sense to have all these devices when you could have just one intuitive interface and all of the devices. In. And so when I try and explain what Candid is, I really draw a parallel with that. It doesn't make sense 15, 20 years later in the mortgage industry to have dozens and dozens of all of these widgets and devices yeah, some of them integrate, some of them don't. What makes sense is that the loan originator has a single point of sign-on and has access to all of the tools they need in one spot, not integrated with, but enhanced and replaced. So at the core of it, it has to be a data repository, which is a CRM for a loan originator. But tied into that is your point of sale. Tied into that are your marketing and your email and your SMS campaigns. Tied into that are your fulfillment, which is driven by AI. How do I, at scale, provide an amazing experience for all 15 parties of a transaction, be able to communicate them with a click of a button or the update of a field? Tied into that is your mortgage presentation tools. How do I set my offer apart from the others? Conversion rate optimization. How do we convert all of these leads coming in at scale better than we currently are? your business intelligence, your post-closing retention ecosystem. How do I achieve a 40, 40 or 50 or 60% retention rate at scale again? And all of that driven by the core engine, of course, which is the CRM, but one point of sign-on to access. That's really the, the core of what Candid is. It's the idea of let's consolidate 12 to 15 different of these components into one intuitive system that drives adoption rate and pushes costs down. That's really good. What are the features that they are using today that is making a difference? This gal that's up 300% is using your system. You saw the stats in your system. Yeah. What are the features that the key features that she's using to make the difference? Yeah. She sent a, or no, she put it on Facebook. She put on Facebook, this list of why her referral partners use her, not in her words, but from the, the perspective of the referral partners. And what she actually was putting on Facebook was the referral partners talking about the platform. They didn't know it because the platform is white labeled to her, but some of the key features that her referral partners use, and we see this across the board 
is the ability to be able to update and download approval letters, generate closing costs, and generate the mortgage payment for their clients, but in a way where it's completely touchless for the loan officer. She doesn't have to stay up on weekends to do that. She empowers her referral partners to do it. They love it. It's super simple to sign in and it drives the adoption rate of the referral partners to actually use the platform as well. And then client retention. This is huge right now because the cost of a lead is skyrocketing and there are less people looking to buy right now than in quite some time. So how do we stay in front of clients in a personal way when they are ready? We're their first call. So she has, at this point, a pretty good past client database as far as the number of active past clients in there. And through automation, completely hands off to the loan originator. When, let's say, a client needs a, to talk about a cash out refinance, the system has algorithms that can identify that. But it's not just enough anymore to be able to identify opportunities. It is now, I would say, almost required that the platform be able to identify it and then engage with the client through automation without any intervention of the loan originator. So think about that at, at scale as a loan originator is out there taking applications or maybe in front of a referral partner. The platform is behind them and it's working on their behalf. It's scanning a thousand or 10,000 or a hundred thousand client database to look for all these opportunities. And then through email and through text, be able to engage them dynamically with specific messaging with exactly what that opportunity is for the client and be able to do that without the loan originator having to sign in. That's amazing. That really is a good launching point to encourage people now to go back and listen to the podcast that we recorded the first time you were on my podcast, because that really yeah. starts getting to it. But for those that are saying, yeah, I'll go listen to it, but I need to get a hold of you right now. I, I need to do something different. How did they reach you? And what's the best way, the website, your contact information, Garrett? Yeah, lots of cool stuff on uh, the website, candid.inc.inc. And then you can check it out there. You can schedule a demo if you want to check out the platform, see if it's a good fit for you. And you can always send me an email as well, garrett at candid.inc. Happy to talk with anyone. Congratulations on your success and continued success. You're one of the ones that is one of the young up-and-comers. Of course, everyone looks young when I'm 73 years old. Everyone's looks <laughs> <laughs> but you're doing such an outstanding job. But not only that, I just love your attitude. It's, it's a level-headed approach to this industry. It is a tough industry out there, but there are people like yourself and this gal that you talk about and many others using Candid that are actually growing their business in this market. And that's yeah. what it requires. It requires a right mindset, skill set that has tools involved. Yeah. And increasing activity. You can't increase your activities if you don't have the tools and the skill set to use those tools effectively. And I love the part about yeah. Candid. It takes so little, as you were just pointing out, to really use this technology effectively to grow your business. That's just such a good point. Yeah, absolutely. Nailed it as far as the three things that it takes. Yeah, so good. Thanks, Garrett, for being here. I really appreciate you and the opportunity to, again, share your story and what is making you so successful as MLO. Listeners, share this with others. They need to hear this. We need some message of hope. There are ways you can be successful. It's getting the right tools and having the right mindset, skill set, and activities. Candid and Garrett can help you do just that. Thank you, Garrett. 
Thanks, David. Hey, listeners, this hot topic would not be possible without our sponsors. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Total Expert, Finastra, Byte Software, Lender Homepage, Angel AI, Truve, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, IE Mergent, Modex, Mobility MMI, and Knowledge Group. There's so many good sponsors here, and we're so grateful for each one of them. Be sure to check out each of those sponsors and their spots on our website, Lickin' on Lending under the sponsorship page. Thank you. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.